0: And welcome to episode 216 of the Waters Wavelength podcast. As usual, I am your host Wei Shen, and I have Tony with me here today, my favorite co-host. Hey, T, how is it hanging?
1: It's going well. Um, I I added a member to my family. I had a baby, basically, Wei Shen. Okay. What? So I'm never gonna have children. I I, I despise children. <laughs> um, you just said
0: you had a baby, and then you yes. said you don't
1: have children. So my my baby's are my pool cues. And so I have a wide range of them. And I added, you know, I've been been working hard. It was my birthday recently. I was like, you know what, Tony, you deserve to treat yourself. You know, you've done a good job, my man. Treat yourself to a nice cue. So uh, I got myself a new uh, Predator uh, P3 carbon fiber uh, pool cue. I've I've never had a carbon fiber um shaft queue. So this is uh it's very, very exciting for me.
0: Sorry, I'm just gonna sound really new here, big noob, uh because I so the pool cue is the stick, right?
1: <laughs> pool cue is the stick, yeah, it's what you use. Uh, and I, then I, there's I
0: knew it and I, I I definitely have I mean we've played pool together before, but yes. um, just just to make sure because I, I think actually yeah, I, I the last time I played pool was with you. Yeah, so that long ago.
1: Um. Yeah. Well, I've been playing basically every single day during the lockdown. Um. So it's been great. But uh. Yeah. So I'm very, very excited. It, it's just it's 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 those little things, you know. You gotta sometimes you gotta treat yourself, and this was it was uh, not cheap. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It definitely came out of uh my bank account. You know, it was like Alice is like, uh yeah, you know, she's like, All right, do what you're gonna do. Yeah. You know, I was like, Hey, listen, you know, I've earned it. I've earned it, yeah. So You have,
0: you definitely have.
1: <laughs> That's what I tell myself anyway, but anyway, my new family <laughs> member is here and I love it.
0: Just one? You you bought one?
1: i mean thing was over a thousand dollars yeah i can't be buying mold you know, i'm making eic oh money but i ain't making that kind of eic money and you know? i'm not like uh, the eic of the new yorker or something like that <laughs> <laughs> okay
0: yeah brand new very thin baby um yeah,
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> you gotta show me a picture after this I will, I will. but yeah well we, we promised you we had some guests this week. And we actually had maybe two two interviews lined up, actually. But uh, uh, just due to some last-minute changes, um, unfortunately, you just have me and Tony this week.
1: Just us. You'll, you'll get those people eventually. Um, and yes, so next week, will. we should be back. Uh, just kind of now we got to kind of readjust our schedules. But, yeah, so this week will be uh, just us. But we'll have uh, guests on next week.
0: Yeah. But just before we get into what uh, uh, Tony and I are going to be talking about today, uh, we'd like to highlight something that we did last week. So we want to make a correction from last week. Uh, if you recall, and if you listened all the way through, uh, Tony and I were talking a little bit about how Symphony Innovate was going to be happening. And, um, well, <laughs> we were just I trying to... I called it Symphony... I exactly.
1: I, what I call it? Symphony Synovate? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And you called and it I what? called
0: it finnovate which um is a whole different event yeah
1: <laughs> no, it's awesome like we just decided to give it this fancy name when it's just symphony innovate yeah you know, i feel like <laughs> we should be their brand managers really you know i think that we could help them out you know uh symphony cinnovate
0: <laughs> Cinovate—that that's a terrible name but it is was- and
1: like, it's, I'm not a brand At least manager. you gave
0: at, at least you gave them a name that was not already used. So yeah. you know, unlike me. Well, at least yours was so, actually.
1: It is actually a conference. I just don't know who runs that one? But yeah, that is funny.
0: <laughs> Oh, it was really funny because I was like listening. I was listening to the recording, and I was like, oh, oh crap! Should should we cut this out? Because it's a. I realized that it was a whole different event. Because like I was trying to look at the agenda and stuff. I'm like, oh my god. Anyway,
1: <laughs> pros here, you're listening to a bunch of pros <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, we're very professional about everything mm-hmm. um so, Tony, tell us a little bit about what uh, we're gonna be talking about today. um uh, we're gonna delve into the a uh, little bit of the m a space here, so yeah. why don't you kick us off with the first one that we're gonna be talking about?
1: yeah, so well, if I'm being first of all, if I'm being quite frank um. We didn't, some things fell through the cracks this past week that we probably should have been writing about that we hopefully will uh, catch up on in the future. But one of the signs that the coronavirus, there's, I don't know if it's normalcy or whatever the hell you want to call it, but M&A activity in the past week or so has really, really heated up. I mean, just, you know, Morgan Stanley acquiring Eaton Vance, uh, YCharts was recapitalized uh, with LA. LLR partners were fan of buying a uh, red flag group, but mm. uh, LLCG by uh, Greece by um, uh, a Greece and Borsa Italia uh, deal with Euronext. So, but those aren't the ones that we want to talk about, but it does seem to be that there's a lot more M&A that's popping up. The two that I wanted to highlight, because we didn't write really much about it or anything really about it, is TPI cap uh they announced that uh they've agreed to buy liquidnet uh for anywhere the, the consideration could be 575 million to 700 million depending on business stuff that I don't understand nor care about but let's just go with the high end and say 700 million there was also a report in cranes business chicago cranes about uh, uh trading technologies the futures uh trading platform provider uh, future derivatives and I thought they would. I, I would love to hear from our listeners if they have any thoughts. Uh, my email address is anthony.malakian at infopro digital.com. We'll link to it. Wei Shen's is, I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm going to assume it's like the Wei Shen. I don't know.
0: Whatever. No, it's it's Wei Shen.wong at infopro digital.com. <laughs>
1: there you go. We'll link to all that. Um, <laughs> So we didn't write about I would love to hear what people think but I think these are two interesting. Well, first one is an acquisition, the other one is kind of just just rumor of an acquisition. Mm-hmm. So let's start with uh Liquidnet and TPI Cap. Liquidnet is you know they they've I find them to be interesting because of their what they've recently done through acquisition. So in 2017 they bought Otas Technologies, um a big big um uh, provider of kind of, um, of buy side analytics platform provider. Uh, they had Prattle, the NLP um, provider in 2019. They also that same year acquired Research Aggregator Research Exchange. And basically what they did we've written about it. I think we maybe talked about this on the podcast. They've combined those three units into what they call investment analytics. So they've just finally have gotten the groundwork of this combined unit in Liquidnet off the ground off running uh they as we wrote about uh, we have a, we had an article back in june about this they are putting out some pilot projects and doing some some new interesting things trying to take the 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 best core strengths of those three platforms combine them together so LiquidNet is a techn- you know, dark pool technology platform provider, right? But these acquisitions were all about data and creating unique insights using you know, NLP, using uh, analytics and AI, and taking that with what the research and of research exchange provide, combine all that to create unique alpha driving insights. That's what TPI cap is looking at for their users. That's why they're going to go and buy liquid net. And then you have trading technologies, you know, famously, they, they, they grew up uh, from inception. I'm not sure how old off the top of my head, how old they are, but they had their X trader, you know, monolithic trading platform a couple of years ago, they decided um, under the leadership of Rick Lane to change course and Kind of ripped the bandaid off in some ways, and we had Rick Lane on the podcast to kind of talk about this process. It wasn't easy, but of sunsetting X Trader for what's known as uh, the TT trading platform. So that's a SaaS uh, delivered platform, you know, incorporating you know rather than the old school monolithic trading platform that you hard install something that's delivered through a browser, right? And then they announce in a May time frame, I think it was, they announced that they're going to basically roll out a new platform that provides a free view of market order flow for TT platform users. Really, really, if it succeeds, and again, we talked about this on the the podcast, if it succeeds, it will be quite a coup. It will be a very, very um, impressive rollout. We'll see where it goes, but the fact that they made that move years ago to say we're going to embrace you know um these SaaS delivered uh product and then we're going to build off of that now the, the, and, I, and i should be clear uh, this was a crane's business report but there's no buyer or seller official yet this could just be rumor could be conjecture who knows so a little bit of reckless speculation there so i think that that, that those two things are interesting because again TT going in hard with this market data offering, becoming hardcore futures market data offering. So they're a platform provider, but the data, they know that the data is God. LiquidNet, platform provider, all these acquisitions to create a unit where data is God, unique data-driven analysis and analytics. And you see that, and so they get those things off the ground. They finally, because both of them, the investment analytics and the TT platform are only really coming to fruition today, but clearly people are seeing the the long-term value of it. So now is the time to strike while the iron's hot. So that's what I kind of took away from. I'd be interested to hear what our reader, or what our listeners um, uh, are thinking about it, but I don't know, maybe if you have some thoughts as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think particularly with liquid net um, and alter trading technologies, so a lot of the groundwork, um, was you know put in, and I think probably this was what they had planned all along, uh, and they knew the value of data, and and uh, I guess they along the way they they found a certain uh, I guess acquisition targets and knew that they would fit perfectly uh, together in in their I guess portfolio. It's quite interesting to me actually because uh, earlier this month. Um, I was supposed to be meeting with uh, uh, Tristan Baldwin, the new head of APAC uh, of Liquidnet, and uh, clearly, you know, uh, the, the acquisition I think uh, was announced like quite soon after that. Um, so since then, I have not, <laughs> I have not heard anything back from from them uh, of setting this meeting up Uh, and Tristan Baldwin I think he was previously the head of equities for the Quintet and uh, he took over Lee Porter's position who I mean he uh, Lee Porter actually um, left the company uh, a few months ago so uh, we'll see what happens but I think it's quite interesting to see how they're going to be building this out and, um, and what the acquisition will now mean for all of that because that would you know, also mean uh, new integration, uh, you know, into the new company, into sure. TPI cap. And so TPI
1: cap, which famously went through Toulette Prabon, I don't know, how the hell you say it, <laughs> and ICAP. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just, and we're owned by a French company. We should be really better at this, I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, exactly. So this is one integration on top of another. In some ways, you kind of think, a little bit about it's different than refandive i guess because refandive was one that was being bought and passed around but yeah those integration challenges i don't know you know what what they will be but i think that they're smart acquisitions if pulled off effectively
0: yeah i i I totally agree um if pulled off effectively so obviously it's Easiest, it's it's a thing that's easiest said and done. I don't know how many times I will say this, but you know, yeah, integration definitely is not uh, a a walk in the park. You know, Um, (laughs) it involves a lot of, um, uh, I guess, a a lot of decisions need to be made in terms of, let's say, the the people, even you know, down to the very, the very administrative kind of um, things within a company. Um, at the, and the end, that could be the biggest hindrance even. So we'll see how that plays out.
1: And um, with, with LiquidNet, I think it's it's a little bit of a dicier situation, right? Because you had three entities that you were already incorporating. And some some there were some hires that have left. Um, that I Off the top of my head, I can't think of. But I, there are a couple people that I've talked to in the past I know are no longer at LiquidNet. Um, but that's not to say that there was any bad blood or anything like that. Maybe it was just new opportunities or anything like that. But so you they're a little bit more of an interesting case they had three so they have this 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 through this cerberus you know uh three-headed monster with um prattle research exchange and OTES bringing them in incorporating them now can you keep them through another acquisition with tpi cap that's going to be an interesting one and again trading technologies there's it's still just again as best i can tell it's still just speculation um until there's an actual buyer That could just end up being you know private equity or something like that coming in and helping to fund bigger projects along the way uh so those will be kind of the big questions to be asked but i think though that that the important thing to just keep in mind is it's trading platform providers historically trading platform providers that tried to evolve themselves to try and give themselves a makeover as data analytics and data provider, really data-driven companies and using cloud, API, all those buzzwords that we keep on talking about and outside companies seeing yes, that is the future we could either build that internally or we could just go out and buy those and that's what they decided, let's go out and buy those (laughs) No guests it's on the street, okay. so I can You're... curse up a storm.
0: <laughs> You're editing this, right? <laughs>
1: I am editing this, yes. I'm just cursing myself.
0: <laughs> uh, I wonder who would be next. Like, if, if it's not TT, because TT is a, um, it's just a speculation for now, right? Um, no, Who do cool. you think would be next?
1: I I hate, it. you know, honestly, I hate those, because I remember when Rafeda was bought. I'm. I think that I'm a subscriber to Business Insider, and I think they do a great job. But they immediately put out a story after Refinitiv was bought by lcg Who's going to be next? And I think it was FactSet. They were like really and and like I would talk with people at FactSet, and they're like, what "The hell are they even talking about? This is just like yeah, it's like so yeah, it's going to be FactSet. It's going to be the next one bought. Clearly." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and market access, MSCI—they're all going to be bought. Clearly, no, I don't know. Um, I—it would be interesting, to, you know, to give it maybe a little bit of thought. Unfortunately, because again, we were supposed to have a guest on, we weren't supposed to be pontificating this week. But to give it some thought is who's followed similar paths of. So it's funny. I said I just I just get all over the idea of speculating who it would be, but then also thinking, all right, well, who's done similar things to trading technologies? Again, platform provider, put out uh, TD Cloud uh, platform, uh, SaaS platform, and then this market, this new market data um, innovation they're trying to get off the ground, and Liquidnet acquisitions, trading platform provider, data analytics. Off the top of my head because it's almost midnight and you know, I've only had two beers, but you know, I'm not fully uh, screwed on, right? I think that that's there where you kind a- of try. If you were going to try and read some tea leaves there, that's where you kind of find them, I think.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Pros.
1: We are pros here at Water, uh, the Waters Wavelength Podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we certainly are, and that's why you love us. Well... You know, since it's just you and I, and you know, yeah. we don't re- really do this uh, when we, especially when we have a guest on, um, you know, let's talk a little bit about politics. Nice. Uh, <laughs> one of your favorite topics.
1: Um, I do. I miss going to, the, I'm going to the White Horse for the first time. Uh, t- so I'm going to go into God. the office. So tomorrow is a Friday. I'm not sure when, um, hopefully I'll put this up on Friday. It's possible I put this up on Saturday. We'll see. But um <laughs> On Friday, I'm going to the White Horse because they just opened up last week. But uh, I had traveled to Pennsylvania last week for a family gathering, and uh, last week was just a nightmare shipping out the October issue. Anyway, so they're going to be open up. So I'm very, very excited to go in there. James Rundle hopefully will be there. Um, you know, uh, Reb will obviously be there. Uh, and then, you know, some of the other risk reporters, and maybe some other previous uh, reporters that used to work on risk, and for us to just talk politics again. Oh God, I'm so looking forward to it. I'm I'm very excited.
0: You you just before this, we were talking a little bit about uh, you know how quick political news actually flows, and you were saying what we, you've already you've already forgotten about the fact that Trump has uh, COVID or oh, God. had. Like- Maybe. Yeah,
1: like Trump had COVID. That's not even like, you know, because we were talking a little bit about just how just how he would answer questions about. So were you kind of whatever uh, tested a day of and everything? But I was like, God, that's, I I, it's already so old news. It's as we're recording this, they just had uh, the town hall meetings with uh, the two of them because they were supposed to have a debate. But that fell through. Uh, we've forgotten, like, that the, the whole tax return thing for Donald Trump and mm-hmm. That just went away like overnight. The debate performance, uh, with the constant eruption and everything like that. That's long history now. We're not talking about that. It's absolutely... and unfortunately, Americans, we are so f- stupid. I swear to God, yeah, if you ever seen the movie Idiocracy, it I, I'm sorry to go off here on a on the on the <laughs> a little rant tangent here, but um like they had the VP debates and I didn't watch the vp debates because i don't care about the vp i've never cared about a vp in my life you know it's just the president's calling the shots the vp's just there just in case something <laughs> happens right um so they had this but everybody on twitter talking about the stupid fly landing on and like everybody <laughs> thinking that they're so witty and clever with their f- jokes and memes about this fly it's like it's just the same jokes being made a thousand times. You're not witty. You're not clever. <laughs> like what the hell? Are you, what? Get a life. Get a life. Talk to like. Let's start having some conversation about policy. About you know what are they act? What do they actually stand for? Oh my god. Anyway, you were saying, Wei Shen.
0: <laughs> well, yes. Anyway, I'm glad you acknowledged that Americans are stupid. Um. <laughs> Okay. America the majority is majority of Americans. America,
1: America, America is stupid. Is stupid. Americans, we're fine. We're we, we still lead the world in you know technology development, medicine develop, medical developments. We're still the smartest, best, greatest country in the damn world.
0: For now, but
1: America is dumb as hell. <laughs> For now.
0: <laughs> For now. I mean, you you don't know what's gonna happen in the next couple of years. Um,
1: <laughs> I'll just move to the next powerful country. Whatever, it'll be fine.
0: Oh, really? You're going to no. have to fly oh. there.
1: Yeah, no. Oh, <laughs> take a boat.
0: Oh, yeah, take a boat. That would be cool. Uh, it would just be a few months of, uh, yeah, actually, it would be really cool. But anyway, so I, I, I still don't understand the whole, like, why are Americans still talking about this freedom to wear masks or freedom not to wear masks? more like i don't understand why this conversation is still happening and it's like it's been what 8 months 8 months now and i i, I, I don't understand I, I i it just blows my mind to to think like oh uh no you can't you can't uh make it mandatory you know i'm i'm sorry but in hong kong uh in malaysia in singapore you know it it, it is mandatory to wear to wear a mask
1: and and well, it's also culturally even before the pandemic, right? Asia was—if yeah. you were feeling even slightly under the weather, you'd wear a mask, and no one looked at you like you had the plague.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess in in that in that sense, yes, um, people here are more used to it. Uh, but the whole conversation of when it was made mandatory, you know, did it didn't really like it didn't, it didn't spark any of that that kind of uh, I, I guess. Uh, um, yeah, but you got
1: agreeing with it, you're in Hong Kong, which is going through a state of uh, quite turmoil about uh, freedoms and what you are allowed to publicly say. You know, um, whereas at here, it's America. You you be freedom of speech is wonderful, magnificent, and it's what's made. It's one of the things that helped to make this country just what it is. Uh, the freedom to share ideas, the freedom to you know congregate, to you know whatever your religion is, your beliefs, you can find that. Unfortunately, the Framer certainly never saw this coming, but uh, social media and you just you can get. Hey, thank you. I'm, I'm glad that you're a fan of the <laughs> podcast. It's great. I, I'm, and I'm assuming you agree with me. It's too much freedom. It's just too much freedom, right? It's it's my opinion is not only do I have an opinion, but now I go and I spout it out on online. On Twitter, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, whatever it may be. And then I have immediately people that are like, yeah, right on. Or people are like, no, you're so f- <laughs> stupid. And it's not this, it's not an intellectual dialogue that you're having anymore. And politicians mm-hmm. are weak, both Democrat and Republican. They're weak individuals. They, they play to their base. They never believe in a politician. Never, ever, 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 ever. It's the one thing I've learned in my 41 years, man. They will say whatever they have to say to get reelected and to keep their base, to keep their power, and they have no problem flip-flopping. And if you think it's just Republicans that flip-flop, my God, you, know, you can look at Joe Biden's voting record in his 40-some-odd years and find plenty of instances where he's completely changed his opinion. And that's allowed. Of course, you're allowed to change your opinion. But again, is he doing it because he believes it or is he doing it because it's just – does it help him in his elections so mm-hmm. when you say this about in asia you know we we do want this conversation it's like yeah but you're not allowed to have those conversations the way that we're allowed to have these conversations here so there is that difference and it has to be acknowledged usa mm. <laughs> usa
0: yeah america,
1: america. <laughs> i mean america. i love yeah. you all yeah. don't
0: get me wrong I- I don't know about the rest of America, but I do love New York.
1: Um, (laughs) Trust me, the rest of America is much better than New York. I can't stand New York. I can't wait to get the f*** out of here, but go on.
0: I'm a huge cynical. I mean, I guess that's one reason why I'm in Hong Kong. You know, When I first moved out here, or before I first moved out here, my friends and even some family, they were like, why do you want to move out to Hong Kong? Do you know how small the, the apartments are? Like you wouldn't even have space to like turn around, you know? Um and, and what about the people? Do you know how the, the restaurant owners they shout at you and like if you're not ordering quick enough, they're like, get out of get out of this place, you know? <laughs> but you know that that to me is like the charm of Hong Kong. Like the the busy the, the, the busyness, the bustling um, you know, city. It's it's the buzz is then that's that's the charm um, that I find in Hong Kong. So, uh, well, we'll save the the chat for, uh, I mean, uh, against America and how dumb America is um, mm-hmm. for another time, I think. Uh, if not, we All could right. go on for like, I don't know, another hour at least because I definitely have some arguments against it, but I think it would just go on a little bit too long.
1: <laughs> By the way, we, we forgot completely to mention the whole fact why we started oh. talking about politics
0: <laughs> yep that's right because oh my god
1: <laughs> there was actually a story there, there was a, a a reason for bringing this up
0: oh sorry Reb. Uh, <laughs> yes yes that's right there was a reason <laughs> for bringing this up so uh rebecca natal uh our reporter out in um in new york uh wrote a story about how <laughs> this 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 time or this election uh you know compared to the elections in 2016 now we have a lot more uh data uh and a lot more alternative alternative oh sorry alternative data that um Ooh. not only the quants are looking at but also discretionary uh, portfolio managers
1: the alternative data and more sophisticated and democratized um risk modeling tech uh capabilities that were previously you know available to the most cutting edge sophisticated quant funds but now even discretionary fundamental funds are you know these worlds are all blending um together mm-hmm. so yeah sorry go on yeah um
0: you know, that that was what i was getting at but, oh, okay. well,
1: great. Fantastic. <laughs> well people should read that article but well, it, it is just interesting it's about this election, from an alternative data, from a risk modeling perspective, is – because it's not just about who wins and loses. It's yeah. what happens if this – well, first of all, one great example that was in that story is um, insurers, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Trump wins. There's going to be continued lax mass policy, as we were talking about biden wins you know he's going to there you know there could be federal mandates that come down uh, as opposed to state to state uh federal mandates that come down about what you um should be doing Mm -hmm. um you know talking about small businesses you know if would we lock down if the flu season comes and these cases start to spike up again are we going to shut everything down and basically just kill off every small business in new york city i'm voting for biden don't get me wrong but some of this some of the rhetoric does scare me uh (laughs) wear just wear a mask when you go out and just if you're worried about stay the home anyway i digress uh uh, or you know something else is like what because this election isn't is unlikely to be the presidential election and then definitely some house and Senate races aren't going to be decided on November 2nd or 3rd, whatever that Tuesday is. I think it's the Um, third. Um, yeah, Yeah. it's not going to be decided that night because of all the mail-in ballots and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So what if this takes, let's say it's really, really close and it's a swing state like Michigan last year, Michigan, Okay, it was a such a narrow margin um, that was uh, decided in Michigan that swung for Trump. What if it's the same thing again, and whoever wins Michigan is the winner of the election? But Michigan isn't able to declare a winner for two days, five days, a week, two weeks, and the market volatility that will, and the rhetoric that's going to come out, you know. So yep. everybody's trying to use this data to inform new things. So it'll be interesting.
0: Yep, it will be, and you bet you will be covering it, so uh, we will be watching this space very closely. So, well, we have a guest next week, so stay tuned for that, uh, or more like tune in for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we hope you're, you're keeping safe and healthy, and uh, till next week.
1: Bye, it's really loud here with this truck next to me. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Tony.